Hi, it's Dr. Chelsea, and today I want to dive into a complicated topic, but an important one, because I'm seeing it more and more on social media and hearing about it from dancers and teachers all over. Sometimes this is a good conversation when it comes up, and other times there's a lot of misinformation with it. I want to talk about this concept of toxic positivity. I recently asked my community on Instagram if they had experienced toxic positivity and 96% of people said yes. So clearly there's an issue. Uh, I have definitely seen it too. So in this episode, I'm going to explain what it is and what it isn't, and then give you some common positive phrases that maybe you should actually be avoiding. And then of course, some better options of what to say instead. Welcome to the Passion for Dance podcast. I'm Dr. Chelsea, a former professional dancer and dance team coach turned sports psychologist. This podcast focuses on four main pillars, motivation, resilience, mindset, and community. Each week, you'll learn actionable strategies, mindsets, and tips to teach your dancers more than good technique. This is a podcast where we can all make a lasting impact and share our passion for dance. Let's do this. Okay, let's start with the basics. Toxic positivity is the overgeneralization and encouragement of positive emotions. It's when you take that well-intentioned encouragement of good emotions way too far. It's when you are only allowed to exude positivity and nothing else. And when I say positive emotions, yes, it's happiness, but there's lots of positive emotions, right? That could also be uh, joy and awe and excitement, right? All of those together. And so toxic positivity is when you are only allowed to exude that positivity and you actually ignore any negative emotions. So of course, encouraging positivity is good. I talk about that a lot but it becomes toxic when it's not genuine, when there's no space for the full range of emotions that we have as humans, or if dancers are not taught kind of the nuances of when to encourage positivity uh, so strictly and when that's really maybe harmful. As I said, it's complicated, but I think we get into this kind of black and white thinking that you know toxic positivity means that this intense positivity is always bad and it's, not being really resiliently positive has its place, but it can certainly become toxic. So here's the important part. Sharing genuine encouragement and praise and positivity is not toxic. It's good to do that when it's coming from a very genuine place. I had a dance educator recently asked me, you know, how to help her dancers where she had one leader that was being genuinely positive and working so hard to change the climate with her peers and her fellow dancers were accusing her of being toxically positive, basically shutting it down. And she would try to, you know, change the mood and lift everybody up. And it was, it was genuine and it was real, or she was, you know, celebrating a performance that went well and basically the other dancers were accusing her of just like, it's just toxic positivity. Like we don't want to hear it and shutting her down. So I told the teacher in this instance, I was like, well, I think maybe the dancers actually need a better understanding of what that phrase means. So they don't just throw it around. Right. As I said, I've seen more and more conversations, especially on social media with the phrase toxic positivity. And I, I think it's actually, again, that black and white thinking that gets us in trouble. Uh, it gets, toxic positivity is starting to get used to mean like just this 
you know, big, bold positivity is bad. And that's not it. You know, certainly genuine positivity has um, wonderful, uh, has a wonderful place and we need it. So it's not that it's all bad, but there are times when denying any acknowledgement of stress or denying any uh, actual negative emotion can have consequences. So ignoring negative emotions is dangerous because it encourages you to, you know, stuff it down and not deal with any of that negativity. Denying those emotions tells you like, nope, don't process this. Just ignore them. And of course, completely ignoring our emotions isn't good. We maybe have met some people in our lives that have no emotional intelligence. They struggle to communicate those negative emotions. And that's a part of our human experience. We need to be able to understand that full range of emotion and express ourselves in a way that doesn't harm the people we care about. And so part of this with our dancers is helping them understand the full range, which means negative emotions happen. You can't ignore them, but you can learn to process and deal with them in a healthy way and in the right time. So there's a time and place to deal with it. And this is where it gets more nuanced. It's not just, you know, let's discuss our negative emotions all the time, right? And we always are out there processing. Sometimes it's not the right time for that. You know, for example, right when you walk off stage after a performance is not the time to process and deal with those negative emotions. Uh, We've probably all seen it where a dancer comes off the floor and just hangs her head, immediately starts talking about all the things that went wrong. And you probably have seen this too, where it's especially bad with teams or companies because when one dancer comes off stage and expresses disappointment or starts apologizing for missing a skill, it brings everyone else down. Many dancers then don't feel comfortable celebrating anymore, even if they are actually really happy with their own performance, but their friend is sad. So now they aren't going to talk about it. That instinct to hold in their own positive emotions is coming from a good place. It's probably again, because this is a friend and your friend is hurting. You don't want to rub it in that you just did really well. So you hide your own celebration. But that negativity from one person will spread like wildfire and bring down the whole team. It becomes like, oh, well, I did that and I did this and I can't believe I did that. And everybody starts just uh, complaining and talking very negatively about what just happened on stage. And a lot of times it might have been, you know, one small mistake. There was two counts that were off and suddenly everyone is upset with their whole performance. So in those kinds of moments, like coming off stage right in those first few minutes, like, no, that's not the time to sit and process emotions. And that might be a time where actually ignoring a negative emotion is the right thing to say, to find the good and to keep it positive for your whole team. And so, yes, you can and should process and discuss mistakes as learning opportunities. You know, I'm not saying to pretend mistakes didn't happen on stage and come off and pretend like everything's fine, but it's a time and a place right when you walk off the floor, keep it positive and encouraging. I don't think it's toxic positivity to allow for genuine positive emotion after a performance and then to encourage others too to help them look for what's good and what they just did on stage. And then if there are issues and mistakes you need to deal with, save that for the next time you're in practice and you can have a good conversation about what you want to improve and what didn't go well. But here's where this toxic positivity goes wrong. If you are never allowed 
to express genuine emotion, if you are expected to always fake positive, that's not a healthy emotional state. And it will start to hurt your relationships, be it teammates or teacher to student or, you know, studio owners to staff. That fake positivity is when it can be harmful. And I think this is really an ironic issue in dance because we have this push for constant positivity all the time and, you know, ignore all those negative emotions. But it's worse because we're asking our dancers to tell a story. We want our dancers to connect with the audience and in order to do that, you have to understand your emotions so you can project from a genuine place. So you can't ask a dancer to ignore his full range of emotions, but then go perform with this deep connection. So there's this imbalance of like, you can't pretend like this isn't there and have this kind of fake positivity about it. We need to be able to acknowledge and understand and Uh, talk about things when there really is a genuine reason for that to happen. So let's uh, take a concrete example. Say you are ready to start practice or class and a dancer comes up to you and says, my parents had a terrible fight. I'm really upset. You know, I think they're getting a divorce. I just, I'm, I just want you to know, like, I'm going to try to pull it together, but I want you to know what's going on. Um, I would get a lot of that kind of stuff sometimes before practice and you know, it's a good thing on one hand, it means that the dancer, you know, trusts me and wants to share that with me, but that's a lot to hear, right? That's a lot to take on, especially right when class is about to start. And so it might be your instinct to try to help that dancer, like improve her mood right there in the moment and say, oh, it'll be okay. You know, try to think positive thoughts, go have a great practice, you know, leave it at the door. Don't worry about it. Let's just go, um, have a great practice. It feels like you're helping by being positive and encouraging, but telling someone to just think positive when they have a genuine reason to be upset isn't really helping. And instead, it it actually shuts down the conversation. It discourages that dancer from sharing with you again or teaches her to just ignore that emotion. So again, there's that need for balance here. I'm not you know, giving dancers permission to go complain about every little thing uh, and talking about hard emotions right as class is about to start isn't always an option or fair to all the other students in your class. You know, so what do we do about it here, right? What do you do when it is that uh, moment where they've expressed this negative emotion, they felt the need to do it, but you don't either have time to deal with it right there or you want to ignore it because it's uncomfortable and your instinct is to just go be positive. Well, the antidote to toxic positivity is empathy. It's not resolving it in the moment. Uh, It's not ignoring it, but just expressing empathy. You know, asking your dancers to, oh, stop worrying about it, stay positive, look on the bright side, when there really isn't a bright side, (laughs) uh, will actually do more harm than good. I had another dance coach ask me this question on Instagram. She said, where's the line between being positive versus being realistic and helpful? And it's a great question because the hard part is that line's a little blurry. It depends. Uh, But the short of it is you want to be positive when it's genuine and deserved. And, you know, again, coming off stage after performance, like in that moment, hype them up and be proud and be positive uh, and especially if they are too, like if everybody comes off and there was really just a tragedy on the floor, being fake about what just happened is not going to help either, right? So be positive when it's real, when it's genuine, when they deserve it, do it. But if your dancers either need a dose of realism or they know that 
you know, if something is not going well right now, you can, you know, be real with them in a way that is, you know, speaking clearly, maybe even kind of firmly if they need it, but doing it with empathy. So if you're worried about falling into this like toxic positivity as an educator, remember that being genuinely positive isn't toxic, but that positivity becomes toxic if you are ignoring a dancer's true feelings of anxiety or stress. So here's a couple concrete examples of what I mean by this of like, how do you actually show up with empathy instead of shutting it down, but you're still being kind. So maybe you're, uh, you know, go-to phrase is like, it's okay, be happy, right? If there really is a reason for them to be upset, like my example with the dancer whose, you know, parents just had a big fight rather than like, it's okay, you know, look on the bright side, be happy. You can say like, I'm sorry, you're going through this. Like, thank you for sharing with me. That's enough in the moment, right? It's of saying like, I'm, I hear you. Um, I'm, I genuinely am sorry that you're dealing with this. Um, you could also say like, I, sometimes you just don't know what to say and it's okay to be genuine and say like, I wish I knew what to say. I want to help. I'm here for you. Like, let's talk about this at another time. So you're able to sort of be real again and check in that this is actually a big thing and being fake positive right now isn't going to help you. Um, but also maybe right in this moment, we're not going to sit and have a heart to heart because this isn't the right time, you know, and you know, there's the phrase, you know, good vibes only, uh, instead of kind of projecting that where you sense the message, you aren't really allowed to have any negative emotions. It's okay to just say like, how are you? Like, I want you to feel like you can be honest with me. It doesn't have to be happy and positive all the time. So again, there's, it's, you can see why this is so nuanced. It's not just that you want to be positive all the time. And if you, if it's real, do it. If it's not the right time, you don't have to acknowledge and deal with those, all those emotions right then and there. Uh, But it's not ignoring genuine stress and anxiety or sadness um, and instead reacting with empathy in the moment. So an important caveat to this whole thing, as I've kind of been talking about it, is timing. I had another coach uh, tell me one time she had a dancer that shared something emotional and difficult with her, like right before they were about to have this like 15 minute floor practice. And that floor practice is one where, you know, we have this specific floor uh, for like 15 minutes as our one shot to rehearse in this space. It's important. So taking even three minutes to support that dancer right now is time I don't have. And the coach was like, I don't want to be mean, but I also like in the interest of the whole team, this dancer needs to get it together so we can get on the floor. So I want to remind you that like you are still a teacher and a coach first and not a therapist. If it truly is not a good time, uh, you can acknowledge what you've heard. You can, you know, ask what, what do you need right now? And a lot of times what they need is just to have said what they said and that's okay. And you can even ask them like, are you okay to, you know, carry on for a few minutes push through this really important task. And then I'm going to circle back with you. Usually they just need to feel heard in that moment. uh, And then they can set it aside because, you know, they're also a dancer. They get that this is important. They're going to, you know, fight when they need to. But as long as you actually do circle back at a better time, you are still being that support system for your dancer while also saying like this, you know, I can't necessarily like sit and just listen to you right now. Like this is important and I need you to 
buck up a little bit and make this happen. Right. And so I think there's that middle ground of, you don't have to drop everything to deal with every negative emotion every second it happens, but you also can't pretend like those never happen. Right. It's that balance and finding a good time and place. And, uh, I would say there are, you know, a rare occasion when I actually would drop everything to help a dancer. But those again have probably happened two or three times in my career. We're not talking about the normal, uh, the normal negative emotions that come up where it's acceptable to say like, I hear you. This is, I get that this is really hard. I'm sorry. You're going through this. Like, thank you for sharing with me, those kinds of things. Um, but you don't have to actually dig into it in the moment if it's not the right time. So I want to finish this today by answering one other great question for the, from my community, a dance educator asked me like, how do I not fall into this trap of toxic positivity as their teacher? And listen, because you're here and you understand how important it is to teach mental skills. And the fact that you even ask puts you a step ahead. But my practical advice in this instance is to keep in mind that old saying everything in moderation. It's not about being positive hundred percent of the time. Uh, and it's also not good to allow a whole bunch of negativity to run rampant. Like that doesn't help you either. Genuine positivity is good. It's okay to tell your dancers that you hear them and you empathize, but maybe this isn't the time and place. Can we find another time and I want to help? And then finally, I also encourage you to be on the lookout for toxic positivity from your dancers and even from yourself. I know you all mean well, your dancers certainly mean well, I'm sure, but you have the instinct, if you have the instinct to kind of gloss over something that's hard to talk about and go directly to the bright butterflies and rainbows and everything is okay. Just check in with yourself. Are you ignoring some genuine stress or challenging emotions? Do you, do your dancers understand that dealing with those emotions is good and healthy, even if I can't do it right now. And finally, remember that dealing with those difficult emotions is how we learn to express them in a healthy way. It's how we use our emotions to convey a story on stage. We want our dancers to be in touch with our emotions. Uh, and it allows you to even feel those positive emotions more genuinely, right? When you deal with the good, the, the positive means more, right? So I hope this helped clarify this concept of toxic positivity. It is complicated and nuanced, but just trying to get into the basics of what it is, maybe help your dancers understand what it isn't and some thoughts of what you should do instead. And if you enjoyed it, then I have a small favor to ask. Would you please just hit subscribe to the show if you haven't already, or go to Apple podcasts and leave a review. Or if you're feeling extra generous, you can share the episode on your stories or send it to a fellow dance educator all of those things really help me out and allow me to keep the show going. This community means a lot to me. So thank you for being here and keep sharing your passion for dance with the world.